Today on the Dominic Enyart Show, apparently getting drunk every now and then isn't sinful according to the Bible. Uh, that's absurd. Also, the other end of the spectrum, the Bible supposedly teaches you're never to consume alcohol. That is also absurd. We're talking about both those claims and more right here today on the Dominic Enyart Show. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to the Dominic Enyart Show. I have to catch myself every time I say that because I'm so used to hearing welcome to Bob Enyart Live. But no, this is the Dominic Enyart Show. And to alcohol, I, I briefly talked about alcohol on yesterday's show. And I mentioned we'd be talking about it today. And I've spoken with some people about the question Christians and alcohol should Christians drink alcohol what are the uh, rules and regulations around that and there are a lot of Christians who take uh, this question to pretty uh, pretty big extremes and I want to talk about both ends of the spectrum here and where I line up on things and to prepare for this show I was talking with a, a few Christians who disagree with me to get their take and I want to accurately portray their beliefs. You know, I I, I I want to show a sign of good faith. You know, I like I really want to understand their arguments and then argue with them, right? And I, I've noticed that's a courtesy that you, you you are typically only offered when you're in the wrong. So if someone offers you that courtesy, that's a pretty good idea like indicator that you are wrong. You know, I try very hard when I'm disagreeing with someone on a topic to say, so is is this what you believe and are these your reasons for believing it? And I try and narrow it down so I'm not talking over their points, but I'm addressing their points. And I've found that when you are in the right on an issue, you're almost never offered that same courtesy in response. So whether it's abortion or Calvinism, atheism, L the LGBT alphabet soup crowd or socialism, whatever it is you're arguing, um, when you're arguing against people who are in the wrong, they never give you the courtesy of trying to understand your position. So they never say like, okay, let me play devil's advocate and see if I can argue for your position, then tell me if I have that right. I've I've never heard someone say that to me, even even Christians. And I hate to pick on Calvinists. Two of my three best friends are Calvinists. I, I love all you Calvinists out there in the audience. But I'm never offered that courtesy, even from other Christians, whenever we disagree. So when you guys, being part of the brightest audience in the country— uh, if you get into an argument, offer that courtesy to the people you disagree with, try and make their argument for them and make their argument in such a way that they would approve of your argument in favor of them. And so paint their picture in their best possible light. And only then should you argue against them. You know, the brightest audience in the country isn't a cheap and intellectually cowardly audience. We're not a cowardly crowd. We want to uh, take these things head on. But so I reached out to some friends of mine who I, I disagree with to get their take on, on uh, alcohol. And one of my friends uh, seemingly has done a 180 on the issue since we last spoke. 
And hearing that, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's not something you hear every day. And my friend said, I, I grew up being taught that, um, you know, all alcohol was a sin always, but uh, I was never taught the reasons why, so I don't know why I believed that. And I mean, wow, that's that's pretty cool. You know, right? That means there's room for either growth or change and perhaps growth in that belief, an opportunity to learn why people teach that or an opportunity for change. You can work, learn why that's wrong and the arguments against it. And so and that's going to be what I'm going to be uh, arguing here today, that drinking alcohol is not a sin. But before we even get into that, Alcohol is very dangerous, right? And if alcohol is abused, it can A, it can be harmful, but B, it can be sinful on just at face value, even if it's, it ends up not being, uh, you know, obviously harmful. Just getting drunk and then falling asleep, that is sinful. And so I'm uh, going to read through some verses and kind of shotgun through them here. Uh, they're given as warnings against alcohol. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Proverbs 20, uh, verse 1, wine is a mocker and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. In Proverbs 23:31 Do not gaze at wine when it is red it sparkles in the cup when it goes down smoothly or or in other words you know when wine is so intoxicating or tempting that you become consumed by your desire for it don't drink it you know be wary of alcohol when you know that you're prone to temptation and by the way wisdom not a lot of people realize this a big part of fighting sin and temptation in your life is having the wisdom to avoid the temptation it's not it's not just about um you know resisting the temptation obviously that's a big part of it uh but it's not just about that and um a big part of it is having the wisdom to avoid the temptation altogether and if you can't avoid the temptation do that and then if you're faced with a the temptation, then pray to God for strength to resist that temptation. First um, Corinthians chapter six, uh, six teaches that drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty blunt. And, um, you know, I'll be honest. I just went to the concordance at the back of my Bible to get, you know, about these four verses or so. I didn't grab all the verses. I just looked at a, a few that mentioned wine or drunkenness. And if I wanted to get all the, the verses that talked about wine and drunkenness, I could just read those for the rest of the show. There's a lot in the Bible about it. And, um, you know, uh, I could finish this show just doing that. And, hey, the Bible makes for some pretty solid content. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. But, no, uh, drunkenness is a sin. It's always a sin to get drunk. 100% of the time, drunkenness is sinful. And, you know, I know a Christian guy who I've actually gone back and forth with him on this. He believes that occasionally getting drunk is not a sin. When I heard that, I was blown away. I thought, you know, what kind of, that was, that's, that's kind of terrible and evil, you know, um, and I still think that. And I, I realized, and now I, I won't say his name on air. But he argues that because, and 
he argues this, and I think he argues it because he gets drunk occasionally and he wants to defend himself from his sin, which is sad. And his argument is twofold. One, when Jesus made wine, he made it at the end of the party after the good wine had already been served. Uh, then he made the better wine, right? You all know the story. And after they had the wine, after they started, you know, with the, the wine from the party, they all got tipsy. And then Jesus made the wine necessary for them to all get drunk. Right. And that's the picture I have of Jesus disciples. Right. You know, the 12 going out on the town and getting absolutely hammered. Right. These disciples are getting wasted at Jesus party. Right. No, of course not. That's that's crazy. And when you drink alcohol, you know, it, it can make you loose and you can feel good and you're merry, uh, but you're not drunk and you're, you're not even tipsy. You, it's just, you know, you feel kind of kind of loose and you, you just feel nice. Right. Psalm 104 verse 15 says that God has given us wine to gladden the heart of man. Wow. Isn't that something that wine is given to gladden the heart of man? So you have some wine. It gladdens your heart. That doesn't mean you're getting drunk or you're getting wasted at that, you know, at the wedding where Jesus made this wine, the people aren't getting wasted. They're just, you know, having a nice time. Um, in fact, when you get wasted and when you get drunk, it makes you very sick and very often it makes you miserable. So if you're getting drunk, that's not for the purpose of gladdening the heart in a godly way, especially, you know, the next morning you have to go to work on a Thursday at 7am and you've got a massive hangover. In the morning, you know, that's that does not gladden the heart of man. Um, you know, my brother has a story he told me, and I, I hope he doesn't want this to be private because I'm going to be broadcasting it to the world here in just a moment. Uh, you got to be careful what you tell me because it'll it'll make it onto the air. But hey, when I was a kid, I told my dad a secret. My, my father and pre predecessor, Bob Enyart, Pastor Bob Enyart, host of Bob Enyart Live, and I told him a secret. I said, Dad, can you not tell this to anybody? Please, please don't tell anybody. He said, you got it, son. I'm not going to tell a soul. And then the next day, he did a sermon on it. And then that Monday, he <laughs> he did a show on it, on my secret, which I asked him not to tell anybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose like, like father, like son. So, But if you tell me, if you tell me a story... You got to be careful because <laughs> it's going to make it on air. Uh, but so my brother, he told me a story. He said, when I, when I was a kid, this is one of my older brothers. He said, when I was a kid, I got drunk. And it was, you know, I, I'd never been drunk before. And I went through a really bad and painful breakup. And so I, I, I heard Hey, when you get drunk, or sorry, when you go through a breakup and you're real sad, you're supposed to go get drunk. So, you know, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go get drunk. So I went to a bar and I started getting drunk and I got really drunk and I realized I was like, oh, oh, I'm still, oh, I'm still really sad. <laughs> but now I'm sick too. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I mean, point is, it was not gladdening the heart of my brother. He was getting drunk and his heart was not gladdened. And when we see people drinking in the Bible, it's, you know, it's during celebrations when people are happy, they aren't getting drunk and they aren't sinning, right? They're just, they're drinking a little bit here. Like, 
you know, like my brother there, that was sinful. He was certainly not celebrating. He was getting drunk. His heart wasn't gladdened and it was sinful. But anyways, back to this Christian guy who defends occasional drunkenness. That was the first part of his ar- his argument that Jesus made wine at the end of the party. And then the second point that he made was you're allowed to get drunk in moderation as long as it's just occasionally getting drunk. And his point was that you can get drunk every few months, but not all the time. And he drew a parallel to gluttony. And he said gluttony is sinful because you're eating too much food all the time. But eating isn't inherently a sin on its own. And so, you know, hey, drunkenness, you know, you just get drunk every now and then. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not too bad. Um, And the, the combination of this reasoning, it's really bad reasoning. It's really foolish reasoning. And it does a lot to make you look very bad and to look like you're sinning because you are sinning. And uh, so, um, you know, the apostles, they weren't getting wasted at this wedding. But, you know, let's take a moment to see why God forbids drunkenness. And the reason why is because when you're drunk, you do you lose your faculties. You can't think straight. And when you can't think straight, you're going to be foolish, right? It will be, it will be dangerous and you'll be more prone to sexual immorality. These are just, that's the reality of it. Those are some of the reasons why God forbids drunkenness. And this same friend of mine, he has a story about one time he was drunk and he was telling me this story as if it was, you know, a perfectly normal thing to to tell and admit, and he wasn't like ashamed of it. And he was talking about how he got drunk and him and his, his friends were drunk and they, uh, they like threw one of those, you know, when you go downtown and you have those scooters, he took one of those scooters, one of the electric scooters, and he threw it up into some sha- um, scaffolding and it, it, like, it got the scooter stuck in the scaffolding like way up high. And it's like, yeah, bro, that, that's like not proper conduct, right? And so when you're drunk, you you do very foolish things and you don't have your faculties about you. And that is why God forbids it. And, you know, when asked what is the greatest command, the greatest commandment is to love your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. And when your mind is not about you, when you don't have your faculties, it's impossible to love God with all of your mind when all of your mind is not there to love God. Um, and if you remember Noah, he just he got drunk just that once, and just that once it was bad and sinful. You know, Ephesians 5.18, which we read earlier, it doesn't say, oh, just get drunk every now and then. No, it says, don't get drunk. And, right, how many times do you have to lie to be considered a liar, right? How many times do you have to tell something that's that you know is untrue before you're considered a liar? Well, just once. Only once. Only once. And so how many times do you have to get drunk before you're considered a drunkard? Once, only once, only one time, and then you're a drunkard. So drunkenness is a sin, but drinking when you're not getting drunk, um, that can also be a sin. Say you have a friend who is an alcoholic, and you know if you're you know drinking around him, that will cause him to stumble back into sin. 
that would be uh, you know foolish first and foremost but potentially it could also be really sinful uh, let's take a look at uh, Romans 14 it is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor to do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak do you have faith have it to yourself before God and that's not that's not saying you know oh don't spread your faith to the world and that's not the point of this verse as some claim it's saying hey you know if if you're spiritually mature enough to drink alcohol for example and not get drunk but there's you know an alcoholic near you don't drink in front of him because then you'll cause him to he'll see you drinking and he'll think oh I want to drink and then he'll drink and then he'll he'll get drunk and so don't sin by causing your your neighbor your fellow fellow believer to stumble into his temptation um and so it's not just foolish it it, it is in many cases sinful horrifically sinful in fact jesus talks about causing others to stumble and matthew uh jesus says but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea uh, hey that's that's pretty harsh millstones they're a few thousand pounds that's quite a way to go. I, I remember being little, walking through Golden, Colorado, and my father, they, they have a millstone on the um, the walkway there. And you can see this millstone. It's this massive concrete millstone and, you know, weighs, you know, a few thousand pounds. Pretty harsh to say, put that around someone's neck and throw them into the sea, right? So... You know, Jesus takes causing others to stumble very seriously. Do not make others stumble. But so that can be a sinful drunkenness is it is a sin. Um, but, you know, getting to the main point of the show here, Jesus, he, he did make wine and he, he made it for people to drink. And it was not sinful for him to make the wine, nor was it symbol, uh, sinful uh, for those he gave it to, to drink. And so that's that's what I'm going to talk about here for the next little bit, that um, it's not necessarily sinful to drink. Those parameters I just laid out in those cases, it is sinful to drink, but it's not inherently sinful to drink. And uh, the argument we hear time to time, uh, time and time again, sorry, is that Jesus right? He didn't make alcoholic wine. He made grape juice. It was not alcoholic. And they say the Bible never says that the wine Jesus made was alcoholic. And that's, that's the argument. And the, the response to this argument, I, I feel bad just for saying this because it sounds cheap, but it's, that is blatantly untrue. That is the response to that argument. Uh, the Bible is explicit about this. I mentioned yesterday, Isaiah 5, uh, 5, 25, um, verse 6, And in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make a uh, for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees. And wines on the lees, well, what does that mean? Lees are largely dead yeast cells that come from a long fermentation process. 
So this alcohol God is making back in the book of Isaiah is alcoholic. Not to mention, continue reading the verse, um, of fat things full of marrow of well-refined wines on the lees. Well-refined wine. This wine is well-refined on the lees. This is old wine, alcoholic wine. You can get drunk on this stuff. That's the type of wine we're talking about. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul tells Timothy, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach stake and your frequent infirmities. So don't just drink water. No, don't just drink water, but drink wine because it will work as a painkiller. Right, This wine will work as a painkiller to help your stomach ache. Now, grape juice doesn't, it doesn't work as a painkiller. Wine works as a painkiller. Grape juice does not work as a painkiller. You know, in the Civil War, they would give soldiers hard liquor as a painkiller before per- performing surgeries on them. You know, they weren't given grape juice. They were given liquor. Uh, but Paul here, he tells Timothy, hey, have alcohol. And uh, I mentioned earlier uh, Psalm 104. By the way, the book of Psalms, when you refer to just one of them, you say Psalm 104. You don't say Psalms 104 because it is one psalm you're referencing. So the book of Psalms contains a bunch of different psalms. It contains Psalm number one, Psalm number two. So uh, just a pet peeve of mine when people, uh, they, they misquote um, different psalms. But so Psalm 104 says alcohol is to make the heart glad. And I've had a lot of I've had a lot of grape juice in my time, right? As a little kid. I have a lot of a lot of Welch's grape juice and it's it's pretty tasty, but not to the level of, oh hey, my heart is gladdened by this Welch's grape juice, right? No, it's alcohol. Ezekiel 44, 21, no priest shall drink wine when he enters the inner court. Um, you know, it's saying you, you can't drink wine when the priests are, when they enter the inner, inner, inner court, implying you can't have wine if you're not a priest and you can have it if you're not in the court, right? Ecclesiastes 9, 7, go eat your drink with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already accepted your works. Proverbs 31 says to give wine to those in poverty so they can forget their distress and they can forget their poverty. Grape juice, that's just, I hate to say it, it's it's not going to do it for you. It's not going to cause you to forget about your poverty. So, yes, the the wine we're talking about here, it is alcoholic wine and it is, you can get drunk on it. You know, Jesus, he, he drank wine. He did not drink grape juice. If it was grape juice and they couldn't get drunk off of the grape juice and it was unalcoholic, then the Bible wouldn't have needed to warn about drunkenness. The Bible wouldn't have said, hey, don't get drunk on this wine that you can't get drunk off of. That'd be a pointless thing to say. Do you get that? The Bible would not make a pointless point saying, hey, don't get drunk on this stuff that you can't get drunk on. That'd be that'd be crazy. But since the wine was alcoholic, the Bible warns against that. Um, and um, the Bible does warn against it, as we talked about at the start of the show. Um, then we also see, you know, Jesus, he drank at festivals 
a lot of different festivals that pops up throughout the Bible. But he drank at festivals that happened and feasts that happened long after uh, the grape harvesting. So that meant the grapes had months to ferment. So typically, um, the the grape harvest, it would be, you know, sometime in late spring, early summer. And then we see Jesus drinking at uh, feasts that typically happen in the, you know, fall months. So, um, you know, if if you measured the time between when these grapes were harvested to when Jesus drank the wine from these grapes, it'd be, you know, eight months at the minimum, right? Typically, you'd use older wine. You'd use wine from a few years ago, well-aged wine to make it taste better. Um, but as I was saying earlier, you know, we want to give people the best, uh, like these legalists here, we want to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt and give them the best possible arguments and paint them in the best possible light. And so, you know, even if you pretend that they used the previous uh, most recent harvest of grapes, um, they'd still have months to ferment from when Jesus drank them and uh, they would become alcoholic, the grapes. A lot of people don't know this, but grapes only take three to five days to ferment and to become alcoholic. Not a lot of people know that. Grapes start fermenting very quickly. And um, it was actually only Welch's grape juice, uh, which was started in 1896. They were the first ones to start chemically treating and refrigerating grapes to prevent them from fermenting. And um, so if anything, our beverages have become less alcoholic today, not more alcoholic as they were in Jesus' time, as the legalistic Christians would argue. And, you know, Jesus, he turned the water into wine. And we know it's alcoholic uh, because the party master, right, he said, this is the best wine ever. Typically, at parties, what people do is they give the best wine in the beginning and then when people are you know they have the they're loosened up or whatever then people throw in the cheap wine after that but this wine that jesus made uh you know we already served the best wine and now here's the uh uh the wine later on into the evening this wine is really good wine you did not do the uh the typical uh trick where you trick people into drinking the bad wine and thinking it's uh, it's just as good as the wine in the beginning. You save the best wine for last, and that's this guy. He knows he knows his wines. He knows he's an alcohol expert, and he's the one who's saying, "Hey, this wine is good wine. He, it's not grape juice." And so, yeah, the the legalistic Christian um, who say who would say that all alcohol is sinful, I would like to ask them: Is using mouthwash? a sin because mouthwash has some alcohol in it is that enough to condemn you to hell you know making sure that your breath smells nice and um typically you know these legalistic christians they you know they can have the intuition and then they can tell that it's it would look really bad to say mouthwash is sinful so that's a that's a pretty good example to illustrate that hey mouthwash is not sinful alcohol is not inherently sinful it is only when you meet certain parameters that it is sinful and uh you know 
Let not man make unclean what God has made clean. I told a story yesterday, which there was this guy going to this church and the church taught that, hey, you can't ever drink alcohol no matter what. And my dad was saying, hey, that's that's a bad thing. You shouldn't go to that church. You shouldn't listen to that. And the guy was getting kind of upset. He was like, well, why does it matter? And it's, well, first of all, because truth matters. That's first and foremost. Truth matters. Truth is important. But what's more so is that when people make these rules so that are unbiblical rules, so often they end up committing the, the very sin that they're making an extra rule to try and prevent. And so that guy that my dad was talking to, it came out later, that that pastor was a long-term severe alcoholic. And so, yeah, let not man make unclean what God has made clean. Hey, may God bless you guys.